Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, boys, it's game day. Let's go. Let's go. Big game. Got a big game today. My package has arrived. Oh, sweet. Nice. Score! Great win, fellas. What game's next? G-Men are having a great year. Let's go, Blue! Here we go, primetime football, Texans, Dolphins, let's do this. Yes! Review. Yes! Yes! Heartland Flags. Every sport, every team, every flag. Every team? That's right. Fine, fine. I'll get a Washington flag, too. Find your flag and so much more with fast, free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. Every sport, every team, every flag. Almost. Loyal sons forever true. Go Cyclones. From the Channel Seed Studios, Nick Oson and Jake Brent talk all things Big 12. This is Firmly Entrenched. Powered by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere. Welcome into the Channel Seed Studios. This is... Iowa everywhere is firmly entrenched. I'm Jake Brand with Local 5 Sports out of Des Moines, joined by my main man Nick Oson up there in Madison, Wisconsin. Not today, though, but works Madison. Nick, how are we doing, my friend? Jake, we're doing great. Yeah, kind of getting ready to uh, be out east, covering a little Badgers hoops, and then we'll be making our way back to Madison. But we have got a loaded show, one that I know we've we've kind of been looking forward to, and even texting about in a group chat a little bit for three or four days now. Oh, I, I can't wait. This is going to be a good show. We're, of course, going to recap uh, the Cyclones after dark winning over in Provo 45-13. Going to look ahead to Texas, their last trip to Jack Trice Stadium. Of course, always our, our Big 12 segment sponsored by Circus Sports Iowa, and we'll close with some hoops. Nick just... Before we talk about the game itself, how fun of a night was just that Saturday night, Sunday morning uh, back here in the Midwest when the Cyclones were out West? You know, that was, I could almost feel 
the excitement of, you know, friends like you and the fan base, the team, you could even kind of see it on social media. It was just, everything was so evident. You know, I was confident all week in what Iowa state was going to be able to do. Uh, We'll touch on a little bit, maybe why that confidence wavered as we got closer to kickoff. But, you know, I think it was, you know, not only fun, but I just feel like it was, it wasn't quite a, a statement game. But I think maybe a statement performance for the Cyclones and several of their top tier members. Yeah, it was one of those wins that, I mean, it locks up everything, every goal that I think the staff had set. I mean, they haven't come out and said, you know what, the the goal for this young team is to get to a bowl game. Certainly for the fans, I think if if you told any fans preseason you lose five starters, you play, what was it, 26 true freshmen one week. If you tell them a bowl game, everyone's signing up for it. So it's kind of that you can take a deep breath now making a bowl game. And of course, that leaves two big games. But before we talk about first point I want to hit is just the great job that Nate Shieldhouse did. Let's thank our friends at Heartland flags and gifts down there on 3719 Southwest 9th Street. Free shipping anywhere in Des Moines. Maybe Cyclone fans, if you went out to Provo, met a couple nice BYU fans that gave you some brownies and ice cream. Maybe send them a BYU flag in the mail for Christmas or something like that. Seemed like really nice people out there in Provo. And maybe you just feel bad about going into their home stadium and beating them by 32 points. You can do that because it's free shipping anywhere in the U.S. New products constantly, every team, every sport, and every flag. Visit them in person or at Heartland Flags and Gifts. Or sorry, just at heartlandflags.com. Nick, what what a game from Nate Shieldhouse. I'll, I'll let you tackle this one. Yeah, you know, I, I know that first off, I'll, I'll just touch on that. I want to just say it was pretty cool with some of those fans and kind of the I don't even know how you describe kind of who did it, but I had a couple friends from Iowa state that went out to that game and they were receiving ice cream treats and, and gifts and stuff in the visitor section from what I could tell uh, based on their tweets. I thought that was really cool. Just Wait, let me something. cut you off before next year. I think I might buy a BYU shirt, not for like Iowa state BYU games, but during the Holy war, I'm all Cougars. The way that I saw Utah fans interacting with BYU fans on, on Twitter that night, making me mad. Judging that, saying that they're being tryhards for giving visiting fans ice cream and brownies. No, that's just being good hosts. Screw Utah. Screw the Utes. I don't care. I'm I'm a I'm a Cougar through and through that that week next year. Some might argue that they're even just being Midwestern nice, quite honestly, yeah. which we love. You know, obviously both being from the Midwest, but for me. You know, I wasn't surprised. I don't think you were surprised or, or really any of us that Iowa State's offense found so much success because BYU, their defense has not been a strong point. Of course, on the road, even at home, they've gotten into a couple high scoring games, even if they won. But just the ease of which the Cyclones kind of produced some of those drives, it almost felt on a couple key third downs. I certainly think of uh, the the short, I think it was a four yard uh, dish off to Jalen Noel, and then obviously he did the rest with the score. 
it felt as if they were going against air sometimes. I, I don't think that any of us is really surprised about the early success from Coach Nate Shieldhouse. I think it was just a matter of does it come game one, game three, game six, and we have seen it pretty consistently from early on, but now it just feels like he is really in his spot. I think that he's got the full confidence and trust, obviously of the staff, Coach Campbell, but of the players. And Jake, one thing that you know we didn't even really write down, and it's not even necessarily my biggest point, but I'm not sure, I, and again, I, I've only really keyed in on this program, I guess, for three, three and a half years, but I haven't seen many teams, whether it's Iowa State or just in the country, that it's so evident how close they are and that type of chemistry and uh, happiness for each other on the field, on the sidelines. I know we're going to get into a, a young player that had a really special game, but like when others score, whether they're in the same you know room and position group or otherwise not, the excitement was just very visible from afar. And I think that's something that Coach Campbell and Iowa State have prided themselves on for several years. And now you're seeing it kind of as we're watching and taking in these games. Yeah, that that's interesting. I, I know the the 2020 team was probably one of those, definitely the 2017 team. I think what makes this 23 team so unique, we've mentioned it so many times, the amount of youth. And when you have that many guys kind of coming in together, learning the offense together, you're going to be bonded more. Whereas past teams, you last year you've got Xavier Hutchinson, who, who's played two years with this old quarterback, comes in with a new quarterback, new offensive. Not that there's bad chemistry. I'm not implying that, but it's just different when a lot of upperclassmen mixed with a lot of youth. Whereas especially this offense, it's almost all youth. It's That's what's crazy is... Easton Dean, he's a senior. Jalen Knoll, he's a junior. So I think you're onto something with just um, Matt Campbell finally has hit his goal from from 2021 to be the most together team. But uh, no, I, I'm glad that they hit their their goal of going to a bowl game. Again, yeah, good performance from Shieldhouse. You you pretty much tackled it. And I think what the benefits of, of Shieldhouse's game that he called was that the running backs all averaged six yards a carry. All of them scored. But in my opinion, one stood out almost a year to the date after a monster performance in the 5A state championship game against Valley. It's it's Abu Sama. He looked like every bit of a superstar on Saturday night. Jake, I, I really couldn't agree more. So I'm sitting there watching that game after a long day, you know, of work uh, covering the Badgers up in Madison. And I, I was texting with you and some some Iowa State friends. And then the great Sean Roberts, uh, you know, a, a friend from, from Des Moines Radio was texting me. Basically, he sent me a recording of what we kind of predicted, uh, you know, back in the summer for this team to happen. I've been speaking highly of Sama since March before he got on campus. And I said that this Iowa state team would win at least six games. And I remember saying at least I, I wrote it. I said it on the radio on this show. And I, I was just very proud. You know, when I had that position of checking in, doing what I could with, with fall camp coverage, obviously recruiting, 
you know, I knew Abu for a long time. And I wrote that he was the most talented running back in the state before he played a game. And that was not an insult to anybody else in the room, anybody for another program. It really wasn't. I mean, when you when you ask other people around the industry, like I've got plenty of good things to say about, you know, maybe a running back on Iowa or other players with Iowa State. I just I had said that very confidently about Abu Sama. I got a lot of flack for that. I got a lot of flack for saying that Iowa State would comfortably make a bowl. Look Check. at where we are now. That, that one is done. And I will even go ahead, my friend, to say I'm not a you know hot take guy. I'm not like that in my, in my job on this show. But that run Saturday night, that first touchdown for Abu, you can't teach something like that. You really can't. I mean, that's something that probably less than 50, 18 to 18 running backs in the country can do could freeze a guy shift juke cut back the other way and then sneak in for the end zone i have seen enough i i know him enough and just kind of how seriously he hones in and treats his craft jake if he can stay healthy with iowa state continue to be developed by matt campbell nate shieldhouse these great guys with experience of running backs not only will he be a pro like I've said before, in two seasons, so two and a half years, he will be drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. You can book that and you can take it to the bank. That's how impressed I've been with Abu Sama. All right, Aiden, clip that. We'll, <laughs> we'll check in in two and a half years, but I completely agree. Sama is incredible. And it's crazy that the staff really wanted him to be a defensive back. And I guess from my understanding, a lot of that changed after watching him against Valley last year. I was on the sideline for that game. I was on the camera. I think it was 372 yards, six touchdowns. I'd yep. never seen a high school performance like that. My my current roommate back when he played at Indianola ran for 394 yards in a game against Hoover. But that's in a game against Hoover with all due respect. Not the 5A state championship game. I, I've... I've just got one last point I want to hit on, and, and this is way more big picture. Is this Matt Campbell's best coaching job? That is such a good question. I, I think where I'm where I'm comfortable enough to go, and then I'll, I'll dish back to you because you've been more familiar for a longer time, I think it's comfortably top two. I still think even with all of the talent that a 2020 team had or when he first kind of started the rebuild for the Cyclones, and so that would have been really 2017, kind of on that upward trajectory, I know you feel good about that season. I still think those deserve a lot of mention. But because of the off-the-field circumstances with the, the gambling situation, I don't want to make it seem more serious, you know, than – than it was. It was the gambling thing and just how much youth has played and found success. I think it's certainly up there. I would push back just a little bit just because I think some of those games that many fans were maybe scared of, I think that some of those teams maybe weren't as good or legitimate as people thought. I don't know. I think that's probably a fair thing to say. And I certainly know being around the program at the time, there was confidence around this roster. So that's why I can't say it for certain, but I think it's kind of your 1A, 1B type thing, my friend. I'm going to say the same thing. I'm still going 
2017 just because it was the first thing that hadn't really been done. You go on the road, you beat a top five team in Oklahoma, which typically in Iowa State, those are once in a decade type wins. You beat Oklahoma State 2011, you beat Nebraska, and I, I want to say 94. Doesn't happen that often. But then they, they came back and they beat another top five team against uh, TCU and Jack Trey Stadium. And they were they were the better team that day. They were clearly the better team and proved that they belong. I'm going to call it 1A. I'm going to call it 1-2 still. But these next two weeks especially can change my mind. I, I'll be honest. I, I'm kind of expecting 6-6. Six and six. You're playing what I think are the two best teams in the conference. One at home, one on the road. If you get to seven and five, depending on how that looks, I'm willing to flip those just because of everything you said. The youth, the change after Ohio, in a way, it's the different side of the same coin to 2017. Mm-hmm. 2017, it was, it was the defense that was the issue early on and they made a midseason change that was truly unprecedented changing an entire scheme like that, that that doesn't happen this year kind of a similar thing against Ohio really changed the philosophy of how the offense played focused more on utilizing weapons in space and looked where it's look where it's got them and I will say that Iowa State still hasn't really beaten a good team other than you catch Oklahoma state at a pretty good time coming off of a massive loss to South Alabama. And before they rattle off, rattle off like four or five wins in a row. So at this point, Iowa state's best win is still like a decent win. And that's the byproduct of a pretty down big 12. I was thinking on my drive to the studio that, this Big 12 football year kind of reminds me of a Big 10 basketball year. With all due respect to your Badgers. Feels like every year in the Big 10, a lot of these teams will go lose a couple bad non-conference games. They'll have one or two teams ranked going into conference play. And then all these mediocre teams will beat each other. And then the committee, the voters all convince themselves, oh my gosh, there's like nine top 25 teams from the Big 10 and then they'll get 10 teams in the tournament, and one of them will make the Sweet 16. And we're like, oh, maybe we were right at the start. I think this might happen with the Big 12 this year, where they're going to get a lot of teams to six wins because a lot of the mediocre to good teams beat each other up. And I think they might struggle in bowl season. So long story short, if you go and beat Texas or K-State and get that signature win, I'm willing to move this to Campbell's best coaching job, but it's certainly close. You're, you're willing to move it even if they just get one of those or do they need to get both? I, I think if they get one of them, depending on how it is. Okay. I think so. I've got a, a, I've got a sneaky suspicion, no inside info here, but I think that that Iowa state K state game might end up being a night game there just because I know that they're in the flex window right now. And so that could make things a little bit more difficult. Obviously, that's the advantage that the Cyclones have this week 
as we're going to touch on right now, Texas comes to town. Yeah, get that K-State game to 11 if if Iowa State wants to win. But yeah, let's move on to Texas. We've got a night game. I know uh, in our group chat, it was it was me, you, Aiden, Matias, and Nate Shieldhouse Burner. And I know that Matias had been having a couple Steeple Ridge bourbons because he was... <laughs> He was going a little nuts in that group chat pregame. I think that's one of those things that just stays in there. Um, not not suited for kids or, or the public. No. But uh, Matias was a couple Steeple Ridge bourbons deep. Just a high quality, delicious bourbon from Lonely Oak Distillery. And I mean, what what else can you say about it? Just... If you want to go get it, go to your local grocery store, your local liquor liquor store. If they don't have it, request it. And if they do have it, you got to get it. Get the black label. That's the stronger one. That's That'll put the hair on your chest. That's the one that I have. I, I like it. Um, but, of course, enjoy it responsibly. Not like Matias did. Uh, I wouldn't call that responsibly. But uh, we love Matias. Nick, Texas, nine and one overall, six and one in the Big Twelve, coming to town, and uh, they—I wouldn't say—are limping into this game because they're unblemished since their loss to Oklahoma, but they aren't exactly playing their best football, especially in the fourth quarter. Almost blew that one to K State, took it to overtime, and then got outscored and uh, screwed up the cover against TCU last week, which I wasn't very happy about for. Uh, a number of reasons. Jonathan Brooks out for the year. They're running back with a torn ACL and Quinn Ewers did play last week. Looked decent. 22, 33, decent, 317 yeah. yards at the touchdown and a pick. I'll start. This uh, is a horrible matchup for Iowa state. There's no way around it. Texas is a lead in the trenches. The spot where I'll give them credit. They looked good against BYU in the trenches, but if I had to pick an area on both sides of the ball where Iowa State has struggled this year, it's in the trenches. So how, from an X's and O's standpoint, do you make up for that? It will be <laughs> it'll be an interesting game plan from Matt Campbell, Nate Shieldhouse, and John Haycock on how they do that. And they've also got the skill guys. So not only can you just focus on stopping the run, you've got to be able to stop the run, which I think they should be able to do to an extent. I'm pretty confident that Nate Shieldhouse could stop the run against really anybody in the in the conference. More importantly, they've got to get a little bit of pressure on Quinn Ewers because it doesn't matter how good TJ Tampa is. He's incredible. One of the best cover guys in the country. He really if you is. give Ewers three, four, five seconds, Xavier Worthy will s still find a way to get open. Maybe not every play, but all it takes is two or three plays a game. So Iowa State's going to have to find a way to muster up some pressure, whether it's from the three down front, whether it's from the linebackers, Zach Lovett, they've got to find a way or else it could be a really long day for Iowa State. And, you know, you mentioned Worthy and you've got A.D. Mitchell in the in this uh, kind of rundown as well. I think that he is actually maybe even a bit of a tougher cover uh, just based on kind of 
his success, obviously the Georgia transfer. I think you make a really good point, Jake, because Texas, to me early on, was this dominant team in the trenches. Like you like you mentioned, they certainly showed that against Bama, a now I think nine and one Bama team. Texas is pretty loaded on defense. I like their front. I do think they're going to miss Jonathan Brooks. Totally. He's been very special, and I think that's why I would kind of agree with you that, you know, Haycock and that defense might be able to make some things tougher against the run. I do know that it's still a very deep uh, running back room. They've got, I, I want to say, a five-star and a four-star guy in there. So they're still going to have some talent. I think Ewers was solid last week. I don't think that he looked as sharp as he did earlier in the season. Now that could just be coming back from injury. 66% completion percentage. That's not terrible. Certainly not in college. 317 yards. The pick, that's going to hurt you in a game like Iowa State because as we kind of saw quickly and early against BYU, the Cyclones can take advantage a little bit. I think it helps that Iowa State's offense seems to be clicking right now. And I think that that spread, I believe it opened at seven and a half points uh, for an underdog for Iowa State. It's actually been going toward Texas. I know we're going to get to picks in a little bit, but I initially felt like that was a little high, quite honestly. I, I think that this is a game that while it'd be tough to pick against the Longhorns, I do think specifically with it being a night game at the Jack, it's a winnable game for Iowa State. It's definitely a winnable game. And I just touched on the X's and O's standpoint where it's it's not very favorable, <laughs> really, really in a lot of ways for Iowa State because especially if they can't run the ball, which is a very good possibility. I guess, where do you win? And I think that it comes way more from the psychology side. Texas still playing for a national championship, not just a big 12 championship, a national championship. If they went out, win the big 12, I probably say there's a 60, 40 shot that they make the college football playoff. So well, they I think have, it's even higher than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of stuff that can happen. They've obviously got the head-to-head over Alabama. But either way, everything is still on the table for Texas, which in a way is a bad thing for Iowa State because in the past we've seen a lot of Texas teams that maybe after they lose out on that hope of making a playoff making a big 12 championship kind of just give up. And that's what we saw happen in 2021. But on the other side, it's a team playing with a lot of pressure and playing with everything to lose. Where in my opinion, Iowa state, I don't know if this will happen, but they should be playing with nothing to lose. This is a young team that has overcome a lot. They've made a bowl. They've exceeded expectations You go out and lose by 13 to Texas. I don't really think anybody in this fan base, anybody in that program will feel differently about them as a team. You go out there, give Texas a game, you win. You go out there, give Texas a game, maybe be up in the fourth quarter, have it a tie game in the fourth quarter. Who knows what can happen with that crowd in a night game. Again, with Texas, a team that... (laughs) Hasn't won a Big 12 championship since 2009. 
Not because of a lack of talent. Let me tell you that much. It's yeah. not at all because of a lack of a talent. It's a lack of everything else. I know Texas is good. We still have not seen them be back yet. Iowa State could be a reason that they stay not back. I do think that this team is a little bit different than previous. I know that. Totally. That's not a huge 100%. reach, obviously. But yeah, I think that, you know, the talent feels a little, I guess, first, the team feels more talent laden. I do think it's at a, a different level. I think they've got NFL guys. I can think of six spots just on offense, uh, certainly. I think that while I'm still not sure what Sark is capable of in terms of in-game coaching, it does feel like the leadership on this team is a little better yeah. and a little more concrete than we have seen. I think you make some really good points, Jake, and that's why, like, like I just mentioned, and we'll get into the picks, why I think it's very winnable for Iowa State. I think to me – I'm actually less concerned about the defense, believe it or not, because yours isn't fully healthy, because Brooks is not there. They've got a I would say it as a top, what, four, five corner in the country. I'm actually really curious how the offense kind of continues this consistency that we've shown, that we've seen two out of the last three weeks, because Texas's defense, at least early on, it seemed like one of the best units in the country. They've had kind of some poor fourth quarters the last couple of weeks. So we'll see what travels. But that, to me, is really going to decide this one Saturday night. I'll tell you what the key to that is. It's not coming out like you did against Kansas. You are not going to win in the trenches against Texas. It's that simple. You're going to have to be aggressive. And I think Bloom was totally on this on Williams and Bloom on Cyclone Fanatic on Sunday. This is the game. If you've got them, use them. If you've got the trick plays, if you've got anything that's not on film yet, you use it. Because for me, I've got a very simple game plan. You get to 24 points. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if it's a punt return, a flea flicker, a couple out routes to Jalen Knoll. You get to 24 points, win the margins, don't turn it over, no pick sixes, no blocked field goals, no muffed punts, and then you just trust John Haycock. If you score 24 points and Texas just goes out and executes on offense, plays great, scores 30 points, you tip your cap. Yeah, that's fair. You let them beat you at your strength. Do not go out, give them a pick six. Don't hand them seven points. Don't go out, run the ball three times up the middle on the first drive, and punt. If you go out there, you throw a couple times and complete and punt, fine. You got to get out to a decent start, and you've, you have to score 24 points. If you lose 27-24, you tip your cap to them, but you just got to let the professor profess. It, he's done it time and time again in these big games. And that's why two weeks later, I still tip my cap to Kansas because they went out and they beat the Iowa State defense. Lance Leipold won that battle over John Haycock. That is my very simple key to victory Saturday. 
And let me tell you, that is going to be a lot harder than it sounds. Iowa State has yet to beat a team like Texas or even close to Texas. The last time they played an opponent similar to this, it was at Oklahoma. They lost by 30. Again, the team's grown immensely since then, but they still have to prove that they can punch at this weight class. Now, I'll make this quick because I know we've got our picks and you want to touch on hoops a little bit. But to me, this is important because from afar, it seems like all the buzz and all the juice is back with this football team. I think a little bit uh, fell out with the fan base after the Kansas game. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here briefly, Jake. And I don't disagree with you. But for the sake of discussion, do you still feel you need to establish the run in a game like this? A, because no. of how good – just let me tell you, let me, let me tell you this. some of those running backs have looked, and B, to keep Texas's offense off the field. No and no. I'm not against okay. establishing the run. I'm against <laughs> establishing the run by just establishing the run. Use the no short passing no, game to, to establish the run. You look – Saturday, Iowa State established the run, but they didn't do it by, I mean, obviously they they got a short field off the interception, but they didn't just go out there, run three times and assert their dominance on the offensive line. There were still a couple run plays blown up before really that run game exploded. It was because they were hitting Jalen Knoll. They were hitting Ben Bramer down the field that the offensive line was, or Sorry, the BYU defense was forced to spread out around the field. Less guys in the box, easier to run. That is how you beat Texas. You cannot go out there and run the first play of the game or the second play of the game. Like, you've just got to go out all guns blazing. And now it's it's different if maybe Texas gets the ball first, three and out, turnover. Obviously, but if... If you get the opening kickoff, you cannot give Texas the ball back. There's no difference between giving Texas the ball back with 13 and 14 minutes if they're going to score. It, it, it doesn't matter. So you you just got to go out there, use the short passing game, be aggressive, play like the underdog. No and no. He made it simple for me. I, I think that's fair. I, I don't maybe feel quite as strongly. I think I just have a little bit. Uh, of kind of confidence from what I've seen in the run game a little bit, but totally get what you're saying. Let's get into some picks a little bit. And if I recall correctly, did Jake have a two in one week after trying to go the opposite of what would be good this week? Yeah, I tried to go. zero and three went two and one. And (laughs) I'm going to go like two and a half and one because I didn't take the Texas tech plus four. But I did warn you about it. So I'm going to take some of that credit right there. I know I had my (laughs) wait before we get into picks. I do want to I do want to share, I think, the funniest message from from that night in the group chat. And it was it was from me. So this was from me. (laughs) So Iowa State was up 10-0. I mean, they were gifted 10-0. And then BYU went right down the field. Iowa State couldn't tackle. I don't think they made a single tackle that drive. BYU scored like it was nothing. 
And then I said at 9.49 p.m., this one is over. Thanks for coming out. Boy, was I wrong. And then I said, can't believe I got BYU live at plus 360 free money. So Cyclones after dark, we'll just leave it at that. And of course, I got that BYU live 360 on Circus Sports, Iowa. You were our, funny, man. You were our great, funny. Our great friends and one of our sponsors, uh, you can get their app on the App Store. You can go to CircusSports.com. The highest limits, the lowest holds, the best odds, even when it doesn't hit, like plus 360 BYU Live Moneyline. Download the app today. And I know that's where I'm making my picks for the Big 12 this week. Two in one week. I'm back to 14, 21, and one. I'm looking like the Green Bay Packers out here, floating a little below 500, or maybe a ways below 500. My first pick, I'm just going to say, I don't feel good about any of my picks this week. This is a really tough week to do. I love your second pick. But I'm, taking, keep going, keep going. I'm taking West Virginia minus six and a half against Cincinnati. Cincinnati finally got half of a Big 12 win. I mean, you beat an American team. Who really cares? You still got to prove it against a Big 12 team. I don't think they will. West Virginia's been playing some good football. Obviously not last week. A trip to Norman in a night game is is a death sentence. But yeah. blew out a, uh, a measly BYU team the week before at home. I think they do it again to Cincinnati. If I'm feeling good, I might alternate this one up to like nine and a half or something like that. Buy some points or sell okay. some points would probably be the yeah the that would term. be yep yeah i love that pick you know i'm not shy about giving you some some credit on these as one i considered this is my favorite pick that that i'm making i got tcu minus 14 at home and i might play Bold. this one against baylor mm -hmm. you know i think that tcu showed me something late against texas we have established and credit to you you said early on baylor stinks they do stink. That feels like a team that has laid down for the season. We'll see what happens kind of with, with the coaching staff there. It doesn't let me cut you off. It doesn't sound like they have like Dave Aranda said that in a press conference. He said that the locker room is broken, which I don't know the last time I've heard a head coach come out and say that that's a bad look. And I do not hate this play at all. Yeah, and then just I just wanted to add TCU remarkably after all the hype and a national championship uh, birth season, they still need to win out to make a poll. That's crazy. So that is why I, I just I feel so good about this pick. It's the revivalry. I'm not calling it the blue bonnet or the blue bunny bull, whatever they call it. It's the I think it's the revivalry. That's a good nickname. What was it? Blue bonnet? Did you see that? Uh, producer might know. I do not know that one. Aiden, welcome to the show. I believe it's the Blue Bonnet rivalry now. Yes, it's something stupid. I'm not calling it And that. the trophy looks like it was made by a high schooler or something. Probably was made by high schoolers. Gosh, all that oil money down there and still. Oh you come up with a gosh. trophy that looks like it was made in Marshalltown. But uh, with all due respect to Marshalltown, I, I, they've got some great restaurants up there. My next pick, I'm taking the under in Texas-Iowa State, which is where I'm going. 
to make my pick. 47 and a half. 47 and a half is the point. Will you be at this one? I will not. I believe I'll okay. be at Kinnick for Iowa, Illinois at 2.30. After the game, though, after I get all my editing and, and all that stuff done, I'll go over to my lovely grandparents and watch the game on their flat screen TV. But I'm taking 47 and a half points under that. I just think this is going to be maybe a bit of an offensive struggle for Iowa State. Of course, the Texas offense looked a little dicey at points last week. I'm actually... You know what? Screw it. I was going to pick... I was going to pick Iowa State to lose, but I've already died on the hill of, of Texas not winning a Big 12 championship. I might as well just get brutally murdered on that hill. I'm going to take Iowa State 24-21. And if I'm wrong, it doesn't matter because I've been wrong a lot this year. If I'm right, though, my parlay of... Texas beating Alabama and losing to Iowa State would look real good. That would, but that would be that'd be one we'd maybe have to bring back. I, I guess I'll just go with that same game here because I had it for my third pick. Cyclones plus nine. Iowa State playing very solid football. Might be decent out during the day, but obviously it gets colder late. Coming from the Longhorns in Texas, night game at the Jack. That's what I'm feeling there, Jake. We'll go with a rivalry game for my third pick. And none of this is based on X's and O's. This is all just based on how KU has played in big games this year. I'm going to take the over of 56 and a half. And trust me, I know that it's risky with the health of Jason Bean. I still just think that we look back, this is one of those games that is like 37 to 30 or something like that. A lot of Big 12 rivalry games end up in that high scoring range. I'm just going to blindly bank off of that and I'm going to take KUK State over 56 and a half points. Wow. I like it. I wouldn't play it, but I like it. Oklahoma State minus seven at Houston. I sent in the group chat Saturday. I said, I was, I've been working all day. Is this Oklahoma State score legitimate? I could not believe how badly they got blown out. I think that they're going to finish on a semi-high note these last couple of weeks. I'm taking the Cowboys on the road, get myself back above 500. But still, 15 Those 15. guys, that team's an enigma. I, I can't figure them out. I, for me, I think... They've fallen into my Texas Tech tier of the Big 12 of no matter what, I just can't bet them. I, you just don't know. You, <laughs> you lose by that much to Central Florida. I mean, that school used to be called Florida Tech or something like that. Maybe Central Florida Community College. You lose by that much, man. That, uh, and they still have a very inside track to the big 12 championship as crazy as that sounds like oh, yeah. there's a chance that happens, but let's finish out with some hoops in the channel seed studios. Iowa state 
caps off a three and O week over cupcake state university tortilla tech and some other school I I think firewood lindenwood maybe you didn't play anybody you didn't play anybody I'm ready for some real competition but we are not that far removed from Iowa State having to grind out wins against teams like this in the aughts era so that's what I think you can take from this none of this will play any sort of factor in March obviously one with resume two with how you're going to play these weren't high pressure games or anything like that but when what you can't take away is scoring 100 points when two years ago you scored 49 in one of these games I believe so it's a pretty good measuring stick for how the offense is quite a bit better than what we've seen the last two years in Ames and the defense has stayed the same. Let me, let me add that. Yeah. You know, I'm ready for just to watch from afar and and for the show. Some real competition will be had next week. And it's unbelievable that we're already this close to, to Thanksgiving and some of the holidays. What I think you can take away most I, I, you know, I didn't even need to to write it down. I was just thinking, essentially, there are different ways for this team to beat you offensively this year. I think that's the biggest thing because we know how high I've been on this team. I, I projected them to go far. I'm surprised they're not getting some more national love. I know that they're I probably hope they don't. going keep, to creep keep them up under the radar in the top 25 soon. We'll see how next week goes, but. That's kind of what I've taken away. I mean, the defense should stay for the most part. You know, the intensity is certainly there. And obviously, the I, I very much trust that staff. So I think just the way it can be Milan one night, Lipsy from three another. Trey King was obviously heavily featured this last game. I, I do still want to see, you know, more consistency from, from maybe some of the depth guys coming off the bench. But – Again, even even with them, it's been somebody kind of adding to uh, to the scoring different nights like Rob Jones, Curtis Jones. So it's going to be intriguing, Jake. You know, I'm excited to yeah, really just see what they can do uh, next week because Iowa State has looked terrific so far. But against those teams, that that is pretty expected. They were, I think, 33 and a half point favorites in one of those games. Yeah, I'm still waiting to see how they look down there in Florida at the at the ESPN Invitational, how they look against Iowa before getting into Big 12 play. But you contrast, I mean, last year, the game plan, especially in, the, in that, and credit to them, they did it, that January win stretch. It's just, okay, hope that Holmes, Kelsher, or Grill goes for 22 points. Like, that was really the only way they were ever going to win one of those games. From what I've seen through three games, the offense is more dynamic than that this year. And it's not just going to be, well, hope Milan goes for seven threes tonight or else they've got no shot. Just because you have Keyshawn Gilbert getting to the line. You've got Lipsy, who looks like he's taken a step up, not just with his shooting. Athletically, he looks quicker. 
He looks more in control. I, I just think there's a lot more to this offense than there has been the last two seasons. And Ken Palm has reflected that. I think they were up to 56 in adjusted offense and remain at number three in adjusted defense. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to come out and say, I genuinely think that this is one of the top 10 or 15 best teams in the country. I know that that sounds like an overreaction to watching three games. I thought that before the season, before I saw any of them on the floor, my concern, you bring in talent, not that the last two teams weren't talented, but you bring in younger talent guys that required some money in the portal there might be more entitlement involved with that than what you had the last two years. The last two seasons, it was, you've got to play one way or you're not winning games. You've got to just ugly it up. You've got to play dirty basketball. Sorry, not like cheap shots, but you just got to play not fun basketball if you want to be successful. And that's what they did. Hats off to them. This year, the concern was, well, if they don't have to play that way, maybe they won't. It seems like the defense has maybe even taken a step up because you still have guys giving 100% effort and they're more gifted athletically. They're deeper. You're bringing guys off the bench four or five deep playing six minute spurts. They can just go balls to the walls for six minutes, get subbed out, get some water at them, come back out and do it again. Whereas last year, I mean, you're limited to seven guys really. And that's, that's the biggest change. And a good friend, Dylan Kuhn of Wide Right Natty Light, Cyclone Fanatic, sent a stat this morning. Iowa State has forced more turnovers this year than they've allowed opponents' field goals. I mean, you do yeah, it against that's, playing uh, against NAIA schools, but still, that's crazy. That's, that's an incredible stat. And, and again, to me, Top 15, 20 range, I think, feels very, very appropriate right now with the chance to get higher. Yeah, I sorry. That was more week, projecting for the for like the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. I think next week and then January are really gonna tell me, you know, a lot about uh, about this team because it seems like some of the top teams in the Big Twelve are gonna be maybe as good as we expected, but I think Iowa State could find themselves somewhere in that mix. I do. Yeah, they loaded show today, Jake. They're going to have a shot to be in that second tier of the Big 12 below Kansas and Houston, I think. It I've just got to be proven otherwise for any other team. I guess other maybe Baylor. I I've got to be proven for any other team to get into that tier. Well, Mr. Wyatt, you got anything to add? Plus 200 on yes. No. Cash my bet. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, Nick, enjoy your game out. Is it Wisconsin, Rhode Island, did you say? Uh, Providence. Providence. Gosh, I'm dumb. Providence, uh, yeah. No, no, you're not. I'll be out in yeah, Rhode Island, but no, it's it's a big game, actually. Part of the Gavit games. Uh, you know, we were talking before the show, both huge on college hoops. It's a good night tonight, my friend. I can't oh, wait. yeah. Well, enjoy. We will be back next week, and we're going to see if we're digging out receipts or if I'm dead. 
on a hill. Of course, thanks to Heartland Flags and Gifts, Circus Sports Iowa, Steeple Ridge Bourbon. We're in the Channel Seed Studios. This has been Firmly Entrenched. Iowa everywhere.